Hello, this is Lorenzo Della Foresta, and I'm the lead pastor at River's Edge. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this talk inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Today is the continuation of a spiritual conversation that has been taking place between you and Jesus. I'm certain that you'll be blessed by His Word, and I believe that God has great things in store for you because you already belong. Enjoy the message. Today I wanted to specifically talk about hope and how it can sometimes feel like it's gone from our lives. And I believe that hope first leaves our mind before it actually is gone from our environment. And if we can understand how that happens and how that transpires, then we can win this war in our mind when it comes to hope. And I I need us to make a distinction right from the start between optimism and hope. And I need us to understand that it's not the same thing. And I know that many of us would either consider ourselves people who are optimistic and we would consider ourselves maybe to be someone who's a little void of optimism, maybe leaning more towards something that we would call negativity. But we can make mistakes in our spiritual journey into believing wrongly that optimism is the same thing as hope. And I want us to understand that there are times in our lives, just like in the scriptures, where it's clear that we can say there is no more hope. When someone is sick, we pray for them and we pray with hope that they will get well. But when that person passes, when that person dies, well, we believe in that moment that our hope is gone in terms of them being able to be brought back to us. And we wouldn't be wrong because that's generally how this works. And there's a story in the scriptures in Luke chapter 7 in verse 11 to 16 where, well, people believed things the same way that we do. When someone is sick, there's hope. When someone is dead, that hope is gone. And so let's take a look at this passage. We're going to read right through it so we get the proper foundation and context for what we're going to talk about. And let's take a look at verse 11. So Luke 7, 11 to 16. Soon afterward, Jesus went with his disciples to the village of Nain. And there was a large crowd that followed him. And there was a funeral procession. And it was coming out as he approached the village gate. And then the young man who had died was a widow's only son. And there was a large crowd from the village that was with her. And when the Lord saw her, his heart became overwhelmed and was overflowing with compassion. And he said to her, don't cry. And then he walked over to the coffin and he touched it. And the bearers stopped. 
And then Jesus said, young man, I tell you, get up. And then the dead boy sat up and began to talk. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. And great fear swept the crowd, and they praised God, saying, A mighty prophet has risen among us, and God has visited his people today. And so in this story, as you can see, Jesus intervenes in this family's life. Now, we don't always understand why God doesn't intervene in everyone's life. And certainly he isn't raising everyone back from the dead. And it's very rare that we hear about that even today. Just like it would have been rare in Jesus' day. And there were many people who were dying while Jesus was walking the earth. Not every person who died during the time that Jesus would even be traveling town to town would be brought back to life. But God had a specific purpose for this widow, for this widow's son, and for everyone who were to become witnesses to what needed to occur in this particular moment in time. And because no one was expecting it, and because no one was anticipating it, no one was believing that it was even possible, we can say that this environment was completely void of optimism or hope. I mean, they may have had hope for the afterlife and had hope that they would be received in what they believed was Abraham's bosom. That was their term for heaven. They did not have hope that this dead boy could be brought back to life. And they looked at this widow and they saw that her life now was going to get increasingly more difficult. She was going to be left alone in this life. She had obviously already lost her husband and now she had lost her son. And in a time in which obviously medicine was quite rare and, and obviously knowledge for it was quite rare and inadequate in many ways, in days in which they had hoped that the properties that they had would be enough, the herbs and the spices and things like olive oil would somehow restore them back to health, it was obvious that there wasn't a lot that was available to them. But even so, people continued to die. And in this story, I want you to imagine that we're not talking about a physical boy that is dying as much as maybe there is a dream still in its infancy for each of us. And somehow it has never been realized. It's something that we have experienced a death with that. And so the first thing that I want to point out in this passage, and it's important for us to understand this as well, and that is that the Lord saw her. And sometimes we can feel incredibly invisible in the eyes of God. And, and with what's been happening in our lives, we can sometimes feel very overwhelmed by it and feel like we are inadequate not only to face it, but just to see different circumstances. And maybe we are geared in our mindset already to be people who are high hope 
or I'm going to term it as low hope. So whatever we are going through, we are going to fall generally in one of these two categories. We're going to be high hope or we're going to be low hope. And I want you to just make a decision right now in which of those two categories you tend to fall into. Are you a person who when you do life and live life and experience challenges and obstacles and tragedies, are you a person who is high hope or are you a person who falls into the category of someone who is more low hope? And, and this is going to be important just to create a baseline for yourself in terms of what generally happens in your own mind. And so when things are happening in your life, do you believe that Jesus sees you? Do you believe that he's there? Do you believe that he's coming to you in your moment of need? Do you believe that he is able to come alongside you and help you and be there for you? And, and you're going to think of this and you're going to say, I have low hope of this or I have high hope of this. I'm going to put myself in one or the other category. And we can say without any questionable doubt that we do not know the faith of this widow. We don't know in which of these two categories that she fell in. But what we do know is that Jesus saw her. And I want you to know that it doesn't matter right now if you have low hope or high hope, Jesus still sees you. And sometimes we think that because I'm not that person who has a lot of hope, that Jesus is going to obviously not pay attention to me as much. Not going to come alongside me and help me and be there for me and, 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 and turn things around for me and somehow bring about miracles for me because my faith does not match up. And, and I'm tired of people condemning us in our faith. I'm tired of people condemning us in our hope. I'm tired of people saying that I don't measure up. The whole point is that I already know I don't measure up. The whole point is I already know I don't have enough faith. The whole point is I already know I'm not good enough. The whole point is I have someone who sees me who is, and that's Jesus. And so what I have to do to remind myself, no matter where I am in that spectrum, is that Jesus sees me. He sees me exactly where I am. He sees you exactly where you are. And he's ready to come alongside you and help you in your moment of need. The second thing he says is that when he saw her, his heart overflowed with compassion. And I look at that and I say, God, you love us so much. You really do. I've helped people that I did not get the chance to yet fully know. But I was already filled with compassion to want to intervene in their life. But Jesus knows this woman and knows the need in her life and is filled with compassion for her. I know that you have each done acts of kindness 
You've been generous. You've, you've gone above and beyond for people. You have sacrificed your time, your energy. You have given of your wealth to be able to help a person and you have seen them turn their back on you. And it has somehow affected your hope and somehow put you in a position where you may not want to be as generous. You may not want to be as compassionate. You may not want to help that person who isn't like the other person at all, but it reminds you of the other person who was not very good to you. And it prevents you from being the person that God needs you to be, which is a person who reflects hope in all situations. And when we go out into the world and when we see people in need, God wants us to be people of hope. He wants us to speak into situations where people only see darkness, where they don't see the possibility of light, where they can't imagine that in a place where it is clearly filled with death that there could even be an opportunity for life again. But God wants you to be that person who goes out filled with compassion and says, even though there is nothing but darkness here, and even though there is nothing but death here, and even though there is nothing but a processional to go and bury this, I am going to stand here and I'm going to be the hope. And the third thing that Jesus does is that he touches the casket. And that tells me that you just can't stand by and be hope. You have to touch. You have to get involved. You have to get engaged. You have to break out of where you are and step into the place where the other person is. It means you have to cross over into that place where there is nothing but death to the place where you can now see a change and transformation which leads to life. And what Jesus does is that he takes his hand and he puts it on that coffin. And when he touches it, I love it, the pallbearers stopped. Look, he didn't tell them to stop. They just had to stop. They were in a processional where everybody was touching that coffin. But when Jesus touched it, they stopped. It was different when Jesus touched it because now it had been touched by hope and by life. Can we say amen to that? And, and I want you to imagine that that power is in you, that power is in your hands, that the presence of God is so powerfully in you that, that, that when you touch the situation and the circumstance and the life, that when you put your hand on the coffin, that the pallbearers have to stop, that everything stops. Because this moment is no longer a moment of death. This is a moment of life. 
It's a moment no longer of hopelessness. It's a moment of hope. This is no longer a moment where you don't have a future. It's a moment where the future is being created because you stopped and you touched and you had that hope. Can you be that person as you go out into the world, as you go about in your home, as you look at your relationship and you see the problems and you see the conflict and you see the disagreements? Can you do that when you look at your own loneliness? Can you do that when you look at your, your teen or your child? Can you do that when you think of your workplace and, and when you think of that stranger who's walked into your life and whose burdens seem so heavy that you can't even listen to them because you're already overwhelmed by your own? You think, I, I barely have enough to carry myself through the day. How could I possibly stop and touch this coffin? There are so many people who are walking around in a processional of death there's so many coffins that are walking by us every day. There's so many coffins that are in our own minds and our own hearts. They're in our own relationships and our own households. We can see them in our finances and we can see them in our health. We can see them everywhere. All we sometimes see are coffins. Isn't it time we began to touch them so that the pallbearers stop? And that which is dead is brought back to life? Isn't it time you just stop accepting that it's over and start believing that this can be a new day? Isn't it time that you stop thinking there is no hope and start believing that there is? I am telling you there is a difference between being optimistic and being hopeful. And I'm telling you that the difference lies in the actions of those who have hope. A person who has hope is a person who acts. And what Jesus does is that he doesn't just hope for the best for us. He doesn't just send us well wishes and prayers and, and, and good vibes and energy. He doesn't do that. What he does is that he steps into our moment of death in our moment of darkness and he touches us so that we will move from death to life. Can we say amen to that? Believe in that Jesus for yourself. Believe in that Jesus for every area of your life where all you see is nothing but a coffin. I love that in the story that we are told very clearly that if you believe the future will be better than the present, that this surprisingly enough is a universal belief that exists in the world. Did you know that? When they ask people a question in this poll, five years from now, do you believe that things will be better or worse? And nine out of ten will say that they believe that it will be better. And you know that they conducted this with 142 countries. Isn't that amazing? 
that there is a universal hope, a universal optimism that things are just going to get better. But we know, as people of faith, that things are blessed when Jesus touches them. That it isn't enough to just have this hope in our hearts and in our minds. It's not enough to just be optimistic. It's not enough to just be hopeful for people. And when we see them going through a hard time, we tell them, don't worry. I'm sure between now and five years from now, things will get better for you. Is that what people need? In the next five years, I'm sure things are going to turn around. Come on, don't be so sad. Hang in there. What year is this of you having to live with this coffin in your life? I'm sure things are just about to turn around and get better for you. That's optimism. It does absolutely nothing. It doesn't bring about any real change. And, and what Jesus shows us is that optimism is just merely this attitude, but hope is belief plus action. And I want to tell you that hope matters because hope is a choice. Hope can be learned, but hope can also be shared with others. And what Jesus does is that he puts us in positions where this can be materialized, where this can happen. And, and what's amazing is that he steps into this widow's life and he steps into this son's life and God makes all things new for them. Whatever happened before this doesn't matter because what he has given them is so much better than anything that they possibly had experienced before. You see, when God intervenes in our life, when he touches the coffin that is in our life, his intention isn't just to make things a little bit better, a little bit more tolerable. He isn't there to give us just a little bit more sunshine. He is there so that things will cross over from death to life. He is there so that things will never be the same again. So when you go before God, are you praying for things just to get a little bit better? Are you asking him for just some drip in your life so that things can somehow get a little bit more tolerable? Are you asking him to medicate you in the moment just so you can get through it? Or are you asking him to touch the coffin? So that you are no longer going to the burial site. The pallbearers have to stop where they are because what Jesus has to offer you isn't just to make things a little bit better by showing you that he loves you and somehow has compassion for you. No, he's ready to transform things from death to life. Can we say amen to that? Yeah, you can clap. It's good. It's good. It's not for me. It's for him. It's for you. I know that God wants us to have this incredible hope in our lives every day. doesn't want us to just be optimistic or negative. 
But he wants us to be people who are filled with hope, which is belief and action. And we are putting our belief in Jesus. We're putting our faith in him. I want you to think about your life right now, and I want you to pick something that you are truly the most excited about. And then I want you to think about two ways in how you can make it happen. And I want you to do this because here's what I know. If all we do is hope that things get better, things do not change. They cannot change in your mind and they cannot change in your heart. And you are not going to follow the direction of your strongest thought that leads you to a place of victory. You're going to follow your thought to a place that continues to lead you to the coffin that is being carried by pallbearers. And you're going to have to now make a decisive decision about how things are going to be different. And I don't want you to just pray about it. I don't want you to just go to someone and ask them to pray about it. I don't want you to just hope that things are just going to get better. I want you to take concrete action. Jesus showed up at that funeral procession. He took his hand and he put it on that coffin. The pallbearers had to stop because they knew that touch was different than all the others. And they knew they were no longer going to the same place. That what seemed impossible was now going to happen. And so I want you to think about how that can change for you if you just do a couple of things differently. That you move in the direction not just of having a goal, but how to make it happen knowing that you have a Jesus who sees you, you have a Jesus who has compassion for you, and you have a Jesus who is ready to touch that coffin in your life and take that which is dead and bring it back to life. Can we say amen to that? Amen. There needs to be action on our part. And if there isn't any action on our part, we are not going to see things change. And the last thing I want to ask you to do is I want you to think about the future. I want you to think about how you hope and I want you to think about how that determines how we live our life. And I, and I want you to stop seeing yourself in a funeral procession. And I want you to start seeing Jesus interrupting that. And I want you to say right now, wherever you are, wherever you are in your mind and in your heart and in your life and in the place where you know there is nothing but death, I want you to say, Jesus, come into my funeral procession, I want you to take your hand, I want you to put it on my coffin, and I want you to transform everything forever, right now. Are you ready to do that and ask Jesus to do that in your life? Would you stand with me as we would do that together? And as we turn to Jesus right now and as we ask him to take his hand and to put it upon that area of our life where we need it most. Are you thinking about it? 
You got it? Maybe it's more than one. Whatever it is, Jesus can touch it all. And he can stop the direction of the pallbearers. And he can take that which is dead and bring it back to life for you right now. He sees you, he loves you, has compassion for you. But more than that, he has the power to take what is dead and bring it back to life. And Lord, I pray that you would do that right now. I pray that you would do that right now in the lives of every person that is here and every person that is watching. I pray, God, that you would bring about this incredible transformation for each of us. Lord, you see where I need this in my life, and you see where, you need, where they need it in theirs. Lord, we believe in you right now. We put our faith and trust in you right now. We will stop hoping in other things, and we will put our hope in you. And we thank you that you are here, ready to do that which we need most. Put your hand on our life right now. Put it on our minds right now. And help us to win this war right now. In Jesus' name we pray it. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the River's Edge podcast. I encourage you to take the message you have just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the work that only he can do. A heartfelt thank you to all those that generously give to River's Edge and make this podcast possible. You too can be a part of spreading this message and creating life change all over the world by going to riversedge.life slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Thanks again for listening, and God bless you immensely.